One, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on episode 75. It's the new year. It's 2022. Uh, like, technically, our first podcast of 2022 was on January 1st, but we recorded it in December. So it doesn't count. You know, three quarts of the way to triple digis. It's true. That is true. That's another milestone to look at. Mm. Oh, God. Well, what would the next milestone be, actually? After was that one before that? Uh, I mean, 99 is always a fun number. But no, I don't think so. I think yeah. that yeah, the next uh, the next one will be a hundred, and then after 100. that it'll be a hundred and four because that'll be two years. Mm. Um, but yeah, so today we've got a few things to talk about. Topics wise, uh, there's a um, I did after last week's podcast decide what my New Year's resolution was going to be. I had kind of a vague idea what I wanted. I just needed to nail something down. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And then media, we didn't watch a movie, but. We've both been playing a few games, so I figure we can just uh, chat about Ramble. that. Yeah, and I know you had something to talk about in topics. Um, and then finally, in segment three, I'm going to uh, make an attempt at Blue's achievement game. Was the was this one the one you called Tricks and Truths? Uh, a trial of Tricks and Truths. Yeah, was that this no. one? <laughs> okay, I don't think so. I don't know. I have to check back through. I have so many weird ideas I come up with, and it's just on my. I've still. Got, I was scrolling back just now through my um, Discord, and I was like, "Marriage counseling." What was that? Oh, that was when. Ra- yeah, that was um, when Raymond was on. Raymond, not Juan. Sorry, they're all the same to me. <laughs> uh, that's a joke. That's a joke. YouTube. But yeah. Go on. Well, you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I knew that I wanted to do something similar to what I did last year, which was where my New Year's resolution was going to be something that I could manageably do in a week, even if there was some days where I, I literally couldn't accommodate it, but something yep. that was going to train me to have some sort of a positive habit. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, uh, something that I would be able to like you know keep a log of and hold myself to it. The idea, because I, I loved doing that in 2021, like it basically training me to have like a good habit and see i always flip and hated diaries growing up i did too uh, and i i multiple times tried to to keep one and i'd write in it for like two days and be like this is boring as shit yeah it's like it, it's great the first week you get it, you're like, oh i did this and this, and this the next week it's like ah, uh, i did the washing up today and that was kind of it <laughs> uh, yeah no um for the first uh, I don't know, 12 years of our life, me and my brother's lives, we had to keep diaries. Parents enforced it. Really? And God, I fucking hated it, man. And so I'm probably never going to keep a diary now. But yeah, the, the idea of it is really cool. I just don't have the patience. Yeah, this this is my my ideal form of a diary. I'm just, I'm keeping a log of what I'm doing towards a specific goal because it's, it's yeah. with a purpose. So like the old one was like, you know, 29th of December, 2021, 20 push-ups, wash dishes, upload video. Uh, breakdown recycling mm. so it's just very simple to the point it takes me like three seconds to do um it's not... like the idea is you had a breakdown while recycling <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so the what i decided to do for this year so i decided to take this concept where it was just something vague something productive every morning mm. and make it more focused so i thought of like what are two things that i really want to get into the habit of doing and so I, I selected two things, kept the same timing format, at least four times out of every seven rolling days. I have to do a page of writing, 
And it can be writing for video scripts. It can be writing on our short story that we were working on. It could be writing on one of the novels that I've dropped multiple times. Are you ahead times. on that, by the way? Huh? Are you ahead on that now? Uh, not not very far ahead. I've I've written probably another half page um, from okay. where we left off. So I'm not I'm not super far ahead. Um, and then also again, four out of every seven rolling days, uh, do at least a thirty minute workout because I've been kind of inconsistent with that though over the last couple months like um i'll there'll be like i'll go for a run like three days in a row and then not go for a run for like five days and then go for a run another three days in a row and just Hmm. it's i want to get into the habit of doing a consistent workout routine rather than doing like a bursts of workout and then you know kind of peter off and then bursts of it and then kind of peter off so i think same thing and same format log it down those um, Digimon watches that we were talking about the other day. Mm. Uh, so my brother's got one now, and he's already got like a Devimon on his watch. God. And uh, apparently he got some of, because he got more than one. Apparently he got some of them from America. Really? And they're about, they're about thirty pounds. Uh, forty-five dollars, fifty dollars. Huh. I'll have to look those up now. It's really cool. Yeah. But yeah, that was uh that was it. Just I we'll see if I can keep this uh this going um you know, two years in a row. But mm. at least now I'm already in the habit of logging down, you know, doing productive things in the, the journal. Yeah. So hopefully it's just a matter of now I'm trying to do two very specific productive things. And uh Two might be too much. Um, might have wanted to select just one or the other, but I think, I don't know. I think it'll work out. I'm looking hmm. forward to doing it. Nice. Um, well, cool. So was there anything else you're adding on to your New Year's resolution? Or is- I think that's enough. Like One thing I think I've seen a lot of people fuck up their New Year's resolutions because they either try to do too much too, too much. quickly. Yeah. It's like, you know, right at January 1st, um, the, the biggest one is like going on a diet or doing like some kind of crazy aerobic yeah. fitness thing. And they start off strong and then they just peter out after a week. I feel like, I mean, it depends. Like going on a diet can be super easy if you're like, okay, I'm going to have just not eat crisps in the week. Be. But if you're like, I'm going to change my whole diet. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be real fucking tough. Um yeah. I, yeah, anyway, <laughs> my, my, mine's still just going to fucking stay positive and get work done and hopefully do more for the channel this year, um, I, because, go on. Well, I was just going to say, I think that, that that is the right approach to have. Hmm. If you try to be overly ambitious with these things, they just kind of feel overwhelming and then they, you know, they just don't happen. Yeah. Um, it's better to, to set something manageable and figure out a way to ramp up to it. Yeah. So for the, uh, I, I was having a think earlier today and I was trying to think what makes a good game, mm-hmm. right? So granted, it's no one thing. It's a whole bunch of different things, but, um, like difficulty graphics, length of the game whether it makes you emotional in one way or another, the replayability of it, whether it's solo player or multiplayer. Um, and so I started trying to like break down some of the games that I've enjoyed the most and some of the games that I absolutely hate but other people love. 
Um, so yeah, throw, throw, throw me a throw me a game. Throw me a game. Uh, Deep Rock Galactic. Deep Rock Galactic. Okay, difficulty wise, actually, so it's got quite a, a, a pitch in difficulty, hasn't it? It goes from very easy to very difficult. <laughs> I would say. Um, you, you've played it a little bit, haven't you? you I want? have. Um, I mean, it's one of those games that you kind of grow into. Like, you start off doing fairly simple levels on low difficulties. You either have mm. a team or you don't. You start leveling up characters, getting new, you know, upgraded stats and stuff. It, it's a progression game. And as, in in my opinion, the, like, those games live or die on how that progression feels. If it feels like there's a difficulty cliff or a difficulty spike, then that can ruin them. But... I think there is... De- <clears throat> I think there is definitely a difficulty spike, um, because even that has five. I think five difficulty levels. It could be four. Mm. Um, I know the hardest difficulty level is definitely like a step beyond. Um, and I, I kind of, I, I kind of compare Deep Rock Galactic to Payday Two because it has a fairly similar. Way of doing things. You go in as a four-man team against AI bots, and you have to complete an objective and get out alive with as many crew as you can. Um, it also has the same kind of difficulty slider, except on one hand, I have almost two thousand hours on Payday Two, and on the other, I have. Don't get me wrong; I still played it a lot, but hang on. Trying to work out how much I got now on it. It's hard to get up to that that thousand hour kind of level. That's something yeah. On over. Deep Rock, I've got less than two hundred hours, um, which is still a lot. Like I said, but at the same time, it's like oh, it's, it's not one thousand eight hundred hours. So what's the big difference between the two of them? Like I said, they're both very similar games. Yeah, well, I mean, there there was a point I remember being made a while back about MMOs. Yeah. Is that like people who enjoy MMOs, like a lot of times they'll they'll try a new MMO, they'll play it for a while, they'll put like maybe a few hundred hours into it and get up like a high level character, but then over time they'll always end up gravitating back towards the one that they've put that they either started with or the one they put the most time into, which for a lot of players means World of Warcraft. Um <clears throat> so yeah. I think but I, unfortunately, I'm, well, I'm thinking it might be something similar here, where the the game that you put the most time into and that you started with was Payday. So when you play these yeah. other like co-op and like progression based games, you know you play them for a while, you enjoy the fresh new things, but then the one that you're going to gravitate back to is the one that you've played the most, the one that you've invested the most time into. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I do get that. Um, I've actually been thinking about uh, getting back into Final Fantasy again recently, especially because, you know, they're still releasing content. Um, I don't know what, whether with the latest massive DLC, whether they have made more free content. Mm. I hope they have. If they let you go up to, like, an extra 10 levels, then fuck, I'm definitely back in. Yeah, because um, yeah, we played that quite a bit for, like, two or three months. Oh, yeah. I have put many, many hours into it. Um, and yeah, but the the the, the Pay 2, the Rock Galactic thing, the graphics on Pay 2 are obviously worse. Mm. Uh, 
lengthwise, I'd say there's certainly a lot more to the Payday 2 story. A lot yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, well, there's, what, eight different kinds of missions on Deep Rock? Well, yeah, but in the, the, the story of Deep Rock, Rock, isn't it just like it's dwarves mining shit? Not really a story, yeah. Mind you, when I was playing Payday, for the most part, I wasn't really aware of the story. You don't have to be aware of the story to like robbing banks. <laughs> this is this is the other piece of this this thing where you've you've listed out all these elements of a game and I think their importance varies depending on the type of the game. Like games mm. like what we're talking about right now, Payday and Deep Rock, the story is kind of just a lot it's it's a framing device for everything else that's happening. It doesn't really necessarily need to be there. Like Payday didn't even need to have a story at all. It could just be, hey, go rob some shit. And the game could have still been as much fun. Having that extra story helps keep people invested if they want to dig deeper and understand the lore. But Yeah, I would say that graphics-wise, graphics is one of the least likely things to keep me playing a game. Obviously, the, the extreme example, Factorio, we fucking love Factorio. It's a great game. It looks like a piece of shit, though. Yeah. The graphics have gotten better over the years. And then shout out again. They, the uh, graphics have gotten better over the years. But yeah, it's it's not pretty, but it doesn't need to be. No. Whereas games like... Um, oh, what am I thinking of? Like like movie tie-in games or like... Any AAA release. Yeah. The, the graphics being really shiny is kind of expected. Yeah, I think what gra gra graphics are not intended to keep people playing a game. Graphics are intended to advertise a game. Yeah, they're to get you through the door, and then everything else is to keep you. So this is something um, I was thinking about, and it's it's a conversation I've had with a few different friends, and I think we're kind of peaking in terms of how much better the graphics can actually get. And so now we're gonna ha we're hopefully plateaued there. So the we won't have to have this technology race, which means we can keep the same level of graphics we have now. But hopefully, as technology gets better and better, they'll be able to put more content into the games alongside those graphics. To be honest, I think we plateaued on graphics a long time ago. <laughs> well, let let me make my my case here though, yeah, um, because. When I'm talking about that, I mean like the fact that we're now getting into like people have 8K TVs or they, yeah. you know, I have a monitor that goes up to 240 FPS. And I think where we're reaching the limits of what the human eye can actually perceive. So like, and it depends on your eyesight too. Like it's very obvious the difference between like 4 480p and 1080p. That's very instantly obvious to pretty much everyone. 1080p to 4K. It's still pretty obvious, the difference, but it's less so than that first jump. And then the difference from 4K to 8K, for a lot of people, it's barely perceptible. Um, FPS is similar. Like, you go from 30 FPS to 60 FPS. It's immediately obvious that the frame rate has jumped. 60 yeah. to 120. It's usually pretty obvious, um, but not as obvious to everyone. For the longest time, whenever I saw a TV running at 120 FPS... Something just felt off about the way things moved. It wasn't immediately obvious that it was the frame rate that had changed, but it was, it always like, it made my eyes feel weird. And then the jump mm. from 120 to 240 FPS, I can tell when I'm playing fast paced games, but it's more just like, 
it feels smoother rather than it's a visual perception kind of thing. Because the human eye, like I think on average, can only perceive individual frames at below 24 frames a second or something like that. So you'll notice it getting smoother at higher frame rates. But as it gets faster and faster and faster, it's harder for your eye to just... So I think we're kind of... When we, we have things that can go up to 240 FPS and we have TVs that are up to like 8K and stuff, kind of at the oh, limit. The thing. I think I think they're just going to say, all right, well, now you have you have this screen that's a mile wide and high and you squint at it from a centimeter away, you can still see the curves. Like I feel yeah. like that's the way they're going. They're just saying, oh, what? You know, the sky's the limit. Let's just keep trying to go higher because then we can say that we're the best at it. That's true, but that's going to appeal to a smaller and smaller demographic of people because, like, a 4K TV is something that still most of the general population can appreciate, right? But a, like, I don't know, 12K TV, you're kind of at a point where that's really for, like, the the niche, weird billionaire tech person who likes to look at pixels. Like, yeah. it's it's not... Well, who doesn't like to look at pixels? <laughs> They like the pixels to be minuscule. So small that I can't even... He's just glaring at it for an inch away. Um, But I kind of moved away from your topic there, but that's why I'm thinking that we may be kind of approaching the end game in terms of... God, I hope so. ...graphical improvements. I mean, it's like when we were playing Digimon World the other day, right? Mm. First five minutes, you're like, oh my god, this thing looks so fucking blocky. (laughs) And then, like, ten minutes in, you don't even give a shit about the graphics anymore. You're entirely invested in the game. Yeah, you kind of just, you get used to it. It was very weird playing. So, when I first played that game, I was playing that game on a TV that I think was only, like, six inches across. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, tiny-ass TV. So, it was very, because I have a a 32-inch monitor. Mm. And so, now playing it as an adult on this thing... And just seeing it all blown up in front of me, I, I, at first I was like, holy shit, this is blurry. Well, I mean, we're used to playing games on our phones now, so it's even smaller than it used to be. True. Although I don't... The only game I really play on my phone is uh, Solitaire. Oh, okay. oh and, and I guess <laughs> po- like Pokemon Unite. <laughs> Pokemon Go. I, don't, I haven't played Pokemon Unite, although if I did um, play it on uh, mobile, I have a tablet somewhere. So I could play mm-hmm. it on that. Um... Yeah, so, like, also, uh, I mean, a- any game that can give you some kind of, like, emotion from it. Like, whether it's Doom making you feel like a fucking badass, mm. getting the adrenaline up, or if it's something that can make you cry or something, I don't know. Perfect example of this games for me. Perfect example of this for me was um, the original Mass Effect trilogy. Yeah. Like... Mass Effect 1 came out in like 2006, 2007. It, the graphics were kind of crap even for that era. Mm. and but, but because the writing was so good, because the story was so compelling, because the lore was so deep, like you could forgive the shitty controls and the kind of weird graphics and the occasional fuck-ups when people are facing the wrong way in conversation. It was, it was still like a compelling game. And when I think back on it, like it, it's kind of jarring because I, I I think it was in early 2020 when they were first locking everything down and I didn't mm. have to commute anymore. I had like extra time. So it's like, you know, what? I'm going to beat the original Mass Effect trilogy on the Xbox, you know, in its original format. And I still had the original disc. So I played it and I started it up and I was like, I do not remember the graphics being this ass. But 
again, just like with Digimon, after about 10 minutes, you know, I got into the story again and I just forgot about the, the you know, graphics. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a compelling story and good writing can go a long way to make you forgive uh, some of the other stuff that may be wrong with the game. I think that's kind of um, the, the separation between people that like Final Fantasy fourteen and the people that die hard love it. Mm. Are the people that die hard love it are super engrossed in the story of it. I honestly don't give a flying fuck about the story. And I skipped every single cutscene. Which is sinful, I'm sure, and there are people probably screaming about that, but <laughs> like I mean there's even there's even like animated YouTube shorts of like uh, a guy in game skipping a cutscene and he gets like held up by a guy with his eyes popping out and he's like, You wanna watch this? And don't let me see you doing it again, kind of thing. And it's like uh, I don't know, I just don't have the time of day for a story that in my opinion was going very slowly. Well and here's a here's the uh, the other side of this. There are games where like I'm kind of in the opposite direction. Like the Halo franchise. That, that, you can enjoy those games without ever digging deeper into the lore or without ever playing the story. Yeah. Uh, Scott, for instance, has played every Halo game and he's never played the campaign. Um, really? Yeah. Well, I oh. don't. He may have played the Halo 1 campaign at some point or we may have dragged him into co op. But if I remember right, he's never actually engaged or really cared about the campaign. He's just gotten on to play the multiplayer. Right. Um, I, on the other hand, have beaten every campaign mission multiple times um except for halo 5 i think i just did one playthrough of that the story wasn't that good in that one but i've also read like a bunch of the books seen this yeah. like the side content so, see yeah. i love single player games because i'm a completionist mm. but at the same time there aren't many stories that really stand out to me i remember one game that i have played repeatedly when i was a kid mainly because it was the only really good game at the time. Well, it wasn't the only one. But anyway, so I played Call of Duty World at War. That's number five. That's the one where you play as either a, I think a Russian or an American. It, it like goes between them. Mm. And basically it's World War II. Yeah. So you're fighting the Japanese at one point. Uh, they're like running at you with bayonets from out the grass. Another time there's dogs coming at you. Another time you're like a Russian sniper. You're the last one alive in the city. And you've got to kill this general. Mm. like it's a lot of and the whole fact that it's based on real events yeah quotation marks um makes it feel so much more dramatic um and they did such a good job with that and it was one of the first co-op games that was you could play the the story in co-op mm. whenever someone came around i was like you gotta play this game and then we just fucking play it from the beginning Never got old. Yeah, there's the Call of Duty that that that's one of the Call of Duty games I never played, um, because it's a it's become a yearly franchise. Like I, mm. I really only feel like playing it every now and again. Every now and again, I'll feel like I want to play like a realistic kind of war shooter. Quote realistic. I see you go to Call of Duty. <laughs> quote real. It's it's a the yeah. quote realistic war shooter in terms of the genre, yeah. not the it actually being realistic. I yeah. don't play Arma 2, which is an actual realistic war shooter. Yeah, a Milsim. Um, but no, like I, so I think I've played like once every four years, I'll pick one up um, just because I feel like playing that type of game. 
The most mm. recent one being the one that uh, Cold War, the one that came out either was it this year or last year. I have no idea. I gave up on Call of Duty many, many years ago. It was fun. I played through the multiplayer for a bit. Um, the campaign was interesting. Um, yeah. I, li- I like that whole Cold War era espionage stuff. It got very weird near the end, but it was a fun game. Yeah, Blops was good. Yeah, I think I I think I had COD Blops three. For uh, those that don't yeah. know, we're abbreviating that. It's Call of Duty Black Ops. Black Ops. So most people just call it COD Blops. There was a lot of interesting acronyms around that time. There was like Ass Creed. Yep. <laughs> Which again, uh, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, those those some good ones. Um, God, that that was really like the heyday of like the PS3, the Xbox 360. Yeah, actually, uh, the Xbox, the Xbox 360 was one of the. It had such a good game library, they were able to get away with almost every one of the original consoles breaking. Like the, yeah. I was I never I think, had that problem with the PS3. <laughs> I, exactly. Well, I have a, I have a PS3 as as well, and I have one of the ones that has backwards compatibility. Oh, actually, we yeah. were talking about this the other day, and this is something you know interesting. I'm curious to hear what everyone else out there thinks about this, but the uh, PS. Or for the PS3 and PS4, right? Blue mm. sent me a, like it was a meme, and it was like you know PS1, and it had a big game library. Mm. PS2, a huge game library. PS3, a slightly smaller one, and PS4, it was like two games. Yeah. I find I'm in the opposite category where I had a ton of. I mean, PS2 had a huge library. I don't. I did have a ton of games for that. I did, but I really didn't enjoy the PS2 nearly as much as the one or three. Yeah, PS PS1, I got very late into its life so i I had a smaller library for that Mm. um because when i was growing up the like i had nintendo consoles um i had you know an n64 and stuff like that it was only later that i i got a ps1 Um, yeah anyway getting off topic so the (laughs) the uh playstation 3 i think i had like maybe four games for it uh, total and for the ps4 i think i currently have seven or eight um i mean that's that's impressive i have like two games and i think they're stolen from someone else's house <laughs> um <laughs> like god i i could not go on the ps4 the there are a couple of absolute crackers on the ps4 don't get me wrong digimon next order being one of them <laughs> but i mean even that that's a copy of a ps1 game um, the other... oh sorry go on the other um, one that I played a lot was a game that came out for PS3, and so it was just on the Steam on the PlayStation Store. Um, so I got it on PS4 as well. Uh, oh no, Tetris Effect. Okay, Tetris Effect. Fair enough. And that is definitely not a game that most people would like to play, but I did appreciate that. It's quite good. I, I really liked one of my favorite PS4 games. I think is actually it was actually a gift um, that I got for Christmas one year from uh, Raymond, actually. And it was the uh, the Spider Man game, the f- uh, I really liked it. Like, I, I haven't played because any, I, go on. they got they got what what needed to happen for that to be fun was to get the like the web swinging right, and they did. Like mm. it is so much fun to just go you know leaping through the city, swinging off buildings, and you just stumble across like it's an open world that actually feels like it. They didn't do an open world just to have an open world. 
They did an yeah. open world because it's fun to swing around the city as Spider-Man. I think that's the same reason that a lot of people love Assassin's Creed 2 franchise. Franchise? Assassin's Creed 2 series, as in Brotherhood and Revelations included. Yeah, well, Assassin's Creed 2 essentially was its own franchise because they were following, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ezio. Ezio di Auditore. Yes. Um, God, I love that game. And I would still play it today. And yeah, I wouldn't play any of the new ones. Black Flag was a lot of fun because, but Black Flag yeah, was was fun not, not because Assassin's it's Creed game. Yeah, the, all the Assassin's Creed parts of Black Flag, which is Assassin's Creed Four for anyone who doesn't know, um, mm. it was fun because you was it four? It was four. Yep. Okay, I thought it was its own just thing between five and between three and four. I'm pretty sure it was called Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag, but I may be mistaken about that. Okay. Um. But that game was fun because you get to go on a boat and be a pirate. Not because all the Assassin's Creed part, the tailing missions, the stealth kills, that was all boring as shit. It was all yeah. there so you could get back on your pirate ship and unlock more sea shanties and go out there and fight galleons yeah. out in the middle of a storm. Like, you guys are even an assassin, really. He just steals an assassin outfit. <laughs> yeah. He's cosplaying as an assassin. Oh, wait, no. Is that number three? No, no. Number that's... three had sea fights, but it was shit. Yeah, well, three was boring because of the setting. Like, they they said it. There wasn't free room with it. You just get on the boat and then you'd be in the battle. Like, three was kind of the worst of every world because it was set during the American Revolution. So there's no tall buildings or cool shit to climb on. And, you know, it it's my own country's history. And I'll admit that period of history is boring for me, too. Mm. So it really didn't have anything that was interesting to play Assassin's that being Creed. Said, playing the Assassin's Creed Egypt game, when you go into the desert area, desert area of Egypt, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and you saw the fucking pyramid, and I was like, oh, I've got to climb this piece of shit. <laughs> I was so fucking bored. And like, you slip, and then you slide all the way down the fucking pyramid. You kind of want your character to die at the bottom, but he just stands up. Oh my god. Assassin's Creed Origin ruining ancient Egypt for every tourist. I mean, it wasn't the worst game. It was just distinctly meh. I... The one that came after that, I actually played a significant amount of the Odyssey. The one. Yeah. Yeah. That I always one, get those two mixed up because they start with an O. Yeah. The Origin and then Odyssey. And mm. Odyssey was fun up until a point where you hit, like, the grinding wall. Yeah. Where you had to level up to do more main quests. Actually, is Revelations... Alright, first of all, whenever we talk about Assassin's Creed 2, we are not including the Desmond side of things. Because, <laughs> I... fuck Desmond. No one gives a shit about him. It is the most boring gameplay. It's like you're enjoying yourself in this beautiful world. All these special weapons... And then they take them all away from you, and you have to do walking simulator for 20 minutes before you can get back into the real fucking game. It does kind of ruin Ezio to know that his descendant is such a boring git. Like, give him a shotgun or something. <laughs> something. <coughs> like, you've brought him into the modern day time, and yet you've given him less functionality. Like, if it's the future, he should be able to do more, not less. Fucking space assassin. To be fair, he wasn't an assassin when they found him. They just plugged him into a machine so he could learn how to be an assassin. 
And then he became an assassin and didn't use any of those abilities. He punched a few people. Yeah, okay, well done. The first guard that comes along with a handgun is going to fucking nail you. <laughs> like, like I said, give him a fucking gun. Oh my god. I love how this, um, well... Or a sword! <laughs> like a samurai! How cool! A bit breaking out of the, the Atmos place with, like, a sword on your back, just cutting people down. You're an assassin, for God's sake. Act like it and not a pensioner. What would have been even funnier is... Actually, that would have been a better plot point. If, like, Desmond went oh, back... she was a pensioner with a gun. No, no, not that. Sorry, I was just thinking of something else. If Desmond went back and was reliving the memories and stuff, and then he, you know, basically Ezio takes over his mind, and then you're just playing as Ezio in the modern era, and Desmond, you know dies ignominiously. Yeah, you want some, like, John Wick shit, but instead you just get mostly walking and then a couple of fist fights with no lethal weapons. You know, in the... the I'm gonna quote because I, I love this series, but in the Zero Punctuation review of uh, some of the Assassin's Creed Ezio games, yeah. um, he, like, the, I think the later ones, he describes Desmond as looking more and more like Adam Sandler and... You know what? I think that's kind of accurate, both in personality and appearance. Just yeah, just the specifically the Desmond side of things is you're just watching an Adam Sandler movie, but with an assassin's skin. I don't know. Uh, anyway, we we've kind of ventured very far from the um, the original topic, but I think this conversation does kind of prove your point. We've gone through several different franchises, a few AAA ones, and a few slightly more obscure ones and kind of pointed out how like all of those elements you listed they all depending on the type of game depending on what they do right and what they do wrong you can like you can find a balance in all of those different things uh oh blue here's sound but yeah where was i yeah but finding like all of those elements you listed depending on the yep. game depending on the genre depending on the quality of any of those elements other deficiencies the graphics but i don't think graphics mean shit for a game's actual quality i think it's just advertisement yeah depends on the game like i think there are some games that like the graphics are definitely a major tetris effect the one you just listed like that game a huge part of what makes it appealing is it's really pretty true <laughs> I guess that along with the sound design is is really what keeps people. Mm. Oh, the music in that game is amazing. Mm. Anyway, food for thought and also proof that we can just rant about video games for a solid half hour and not even notice. There we go. <laughs> all right. Well, this is going to be the end of segment one of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening and you will hear us again momentarily for segment two. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment, and we didn't watch a movie this week. No, we didn't. And I just realized that as we were doing the countdown, I was like, what the fuck do we have to go and talk about? Well, I actually <laughs> want to continue today's theme of just talking about video games, because I have been playing through one um, that I just really, really enjoy and I want to talk about. Uh, Timberborn. 
Oh, yes. And it's actually a game that I have played on the channel before. Uh, I did a five-second attention span video on the demo version of it ages ago. Um, and somebody got it for me for Christmas. And I have been playing the ever-loving shit of it since then. Uh, quick premise of the game. Uh, you are... Human beings have died out. And uh, beavers have risen to take over the world. Um, sentient, yes, sentient beavers. Um, I'm not sure that humans have died out. I think it's just a very smart beaver colony. No, I think that that's the actual premise. Like the uh, okay. like the human civilization has died out and they've destroyed the world or something like that. And beavers have risen to you know retake the world. And anyway, the game it's it's an RTS. And the, the core premise of the game is, you know, setting up a, a, like a city, making sure you have adequate food, water, uh, and materials, and dealing with the fact that the game goes through a seasonal cycle of, you know, having a lot of water and drought. And uh, you have to either set up dams or build up water supplies, have crops adequately stored up, and all this other fun stuff to make sure that it works out really well. That's all fairly standard. You don't actually directly control any of the beavers. They all go automatically. You assign them to different locations, and they just do their thing. Um, the game, I, I had quite a few bad experiences with it early on, meaning like I would set up a colony, and a drought would come, and I didn't have enough water prepared, and half my beaver population died. Um Multiple times I had the population go down to basically nothing and then I would have to, you know, rebuild the population the next time and make sure I had enough water tanks um, or have enough food or what have you. But one of the things that I, I took, on, this took me a while to realize and I wasted a lot of space not realizing this. The game is heavily vertical. Like, whereas most RTSs, you're building your civilization out horizontally. This one, they expect you to stack things, like, a lot. Yeah. So, you know, you... Did you not realize you could get into houses from the second floor or something? Well, you, I knew that you could do that, like, because I had a couple, like, two-story houses, but I didn't realize exactly how high things could get. Yeah. So now I have, like, a tenement building that's five stories tall, and on the roof I have a dynamite factory. Um, which I just love. Where you want your dynamite factories? Yeah, right, right on top of the biggest population center in the entire city. Um, yeah. but it's it's quite the fun game. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I watched um, someone else playing it um, before you got it on Christmas, uh, yeah. like a month ago. I watched someone doing a playthrough of it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. You can and you can do quite clever things with it. Like right now. I've got two distinct cities. Mm. Uh, they're called districts in the game. So one district, it's my big sprawling one with tons of farm and timber and everything. And it's right in the heartland where all the fertile land is. Then there was a little like nugget of fertile land that I wanted to get to. And that one is a, the most vertical thing I have. It's literally a tiny square with like two giant tower blocks, mm. um, which is where everything is. And then it has like a like a water platform that goes out to in the wet season, what is a lake, but in the dry season, which what is very, very fertile land um, because it's where all the water, like the remaining water well, sits. Yeah. So I've basically turned all of that into farmland. So every drought, 
my little mini city becomes the breadbasket. And every flood season, the main city becomes the breadbasket. So I've sort of adapted to the cycle. So I always have food. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like games like that where you can kind of get you can get clever with how you uh, how you build up your civilization, how you can turn like kind of the uh, disaster mechanics into something that actually benefits you. Yeah, I'd be interested to see where they, if they are planning on continuing to uh, update it, whether they will have like different biomes, maybe, or hmm. I don't know, just higher levels of tier technology. They might. I mean, they've got so far. They've only got two civilizations. I've only been playing as the default one, but I've unlocked the other one now. Um, and they have a big message on the the main page when you start the game that says, "Hey." We're constantly adding content uh, content to this. It's still early access. There's going to be context. more stuff. <laughs> There's definitely a reason why these beavers are taking over. No. <laughs> content, yes. Yeah. I see. Have you been playing anything else? Uh, God. I mean, I played a lot of StarCraft yesterday with Juan and Raymond, but I'm not sure that's really something I can talk about for quite a while. 3 Cool. 3v3, I was just going to say, 3v3 StarCraft isn't... Anytime you go above 2v2 in StarCraft, um, things get a little bit more squirrely. Mm -hmm. But More chaos. Yeah. We had some fun. Uh, yeah, I've been playing Dismantle, but you watched a little bit of that the other day, didn't you? I did, yeah. How is that? But this is the one where... And again, it's... It's, ice, it's uh, not third person. It's top-down, which I wasn't really expecting. Hmm. In fact, I think I might have told you on the last one, so I'll try and keep it brief. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's satisfying. It's a satisfying game to play. Um, you run around in a post-apocalyptic world, uh, upgrading your gear and getting uh, more gear, I guess. And I think the... I, I'm assuming there's there, there is a, a loose story around it. Actually, it's not even a loose story. I just I'm not very good at paying attention. Um, I assume there'll be some kind of uh, finishing point to it. But at the moment, I'm on like... It feels like I've been playing it for a while, but I am on like the tiniest, tiniest part of the map. Mm. And it is this is a huge open world map. Like, huge, huge, huge. Um, so we interesting to see where it goes. And also at this point, like, I've fully upgraded my crowbar already. And I'm on that tiny, tiny piece of land. And I'm like, okay, something has got to break first. Like, either my tools will just stop being able to upgrade after, like, the first 10% of the game. Hmm. Or there's going to be a lot more items and tools out there um, that are just better than the crowbar. Yeah, there's... um, I'm, th There's a lot of games that I've... Actually, I'm going to go back to Timber, Timberborn for a second because um, it what you just said reminded me of that. Oh, I was talking to uh, Juan and another one of my friends, uh, Jotham, and both of them have played that quite a bit as well. And one thing, Juan playing it, and this is very him, didn't realize that you know forests were a limited resource and that he had to you make a forester. Uh, building to allow him to replant trees so they would regrow so he would still have wood later on and he just deforested his map <laughs> before you really so it's just like oh I suddenly have no logs to make anything yeah because you know beavers they aren't known for liking trees or wood or anything 
kind of, yeah, it's, it's your main resource for everything in that game. Yeah. Um, so I'm just thinking of that because you're talking about, like, if your tools basically degrade and you're left with nothing on that main island. Um, okay. Not played, but I have actually been kind of finishing up watching a series. I know I've talked about this before, I think. Um, but a while back, I decided I wanted to rewatch the Stargate series, the original one, SG-1. Yeah. And I got all the way up to, like, I think the halfway through the ninth season, I kind of dropped it for a few months. And uh, recently, wa- basically while I've been playing Timberborn, I've had that on on my other screen and just been watching watching that because it's, you know, it is Timberborn isn't a game that I need to be listening to or anything like that. Like, I just need to fiddle with stuff and pay attention. There's a lot of downtime in it. Um, and it's, it's interesting when they get to like the 10th the season, that series becomes very, very self-aware. Like, there are things that are played up very seriously in the early seasons, um, which, when you think about them, are kind of silly. Uh, but then in the 10th season, they're kind of tongue-in-cheek acknowledging it. Um, and this this culminates in one episode, which I believe is considered to be non-canon. But there's an episode called 200, midway through the 10th season. And it's like it's the 200th episode of the series. Yeah. And it's just, they make fun of all the tropes and parodies throughout the series, like, throughout the series, like, they, it centers around them consulting with this uh, character who was in a previous episode who made a TV show based on what they did, because he had, like, suppressed memories of them, you know, and he just, he made, like, a shitty sci-fi TV show that was essentially just a cheesy version of of the mm. actual Stargate show. Um, and now they're making a movie out of it. And so they're all consulting. And uh, it's, it's again, it's a weak premise to do a parody episode. And so you end up with them uh, just like pointing out how ridiculous certain things are and their actual like tropes from the series. Um, like there's a an example. Early on, they make a point that the gate can only remain open for 38 minutes because of some physics reason. And in this episode, the guy's like, it's like, how long should it take them to get here? Maybe like 30 seconds? Maybe not such a round number. How about 38? And of course, making fun of the fact that it's just an arbitrary, if they used a round number, then people would question it. But 38, that sounds like it, you know, because it's not an even one. Hmm. Also, you didn't the, see, sorry, I was gonna say you don't see many um, uh, shows taking taking the mick out of themselves. Essentially, um, go on. You finish yours because I was gonna say something else. Yeah, the, it just I was gonna say is that I think the reason they felt comfortable doing that is because they'd been on for ten seasons. Like mm. it was a very popular. There was already a spinoff series, Stargate Atlantis, um, that was becoming pretty successful and so i think this episode was them just like taking a victory lap and kind of poking fun at themselves yeah um no i was gonna say there's um you remember the sonic movie yep uh there's a second one coming out and this one has got tails in it and knuckles and i was watching someone like doing uh i think it was asman he was Mm -hmm. doing um he's just looking at the trailer for it 
and he was like, how great would it be if they fully leaned into the memes and were like, have, had Knuckles say, do you know the way? <laughs> that would make the film in itself. I, I would love, oh my, I hope they do. I hope <laughs> they do reference it somehow. Like just, just like, you know, they're, they're, they're lost at one point in the movie and Knuckles is just like, do you know the way? Yeah. Just something like, like there's a little, just a little, little nod towards it. Yeah, because I mean, it's kind of it's a pretty jokey film anyway. It's a, you know, it it's made for young audiences. Um, yeah, and I, obviously I, it has Jim Carrey in it still. So. Uh, yeah, Jim Carrey. He actually did a, a. I I did end up. I think it was not. It was last Christmas actually when I was home at my parents' place, mm. and um, yeah, we ended up watching that movie. Uh, yeah. Together. It was very clearly a children's movie, um, and but it was like not not a children's, but it was a, a movie that was meant to be for the for like a family audience. Yeah. Um. But it actually was. It was still pretty entertaining, like watching it. And Jim Carrey did a good job of. It's interesting having a skinny Doctor Robotnik. Yeah. Um. But he does fit the kind of. I say. He, he quirky science man, mad makes scientist, a weird put villain. Yeah, which is interesting and different, and applicable for children to watch. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was still a fun watch, and I, I'll probably when it comes out check out the other one because at least in the Sonic Adventure games, Knuckles was probably my favorite character. Hmm, I hated his missions. Um, yeah, he, you had to really kind of like that whole scavenger hunt thing. I did enjoy them. Yeah, I, I like the early ones, but oh god, I just hated space so much. And I space mean, mixed with scavenger hunt was just the fucking worst. For in, I mean, Sonic, like in Sonic Adventure Two, the the space levels were kind of crap. Like yeah. for every character, and I love that game, but no. That last third of the game is just... Whoa. I did not enjoy it at all. Especially the fucking blue boob monsters. <laughs> oh my god. That were like invulnerable 90% of the time. Unless the only time they were n not invulnerable was when they were attacking you. So you get to choose whether you attack or dodge. Yeah. And if you were attacking, you had to be very careful not to get hit with the tentacles. Yeah. Good game. Especially when trying to get the 100 ring challenges god trying to get 100 rings one thing you're trying to get past can't be killed <laughs> easily the 100 Ugh. ring challenges were always wicked easy with with like knuckles or rouge though because you could just dig a bunch of times and you'd True. typically like accumulate enough rings to get that was the safe way to do it you didn't want to fly around too much no um but yeah, yeah. i'm trying to think if there's anything else i've been watching lately i've been Tempted to, I want to watch The Witcher season two. I got mm. halfway through the first episode, and I don't know. I haven't gone back to it yet. Oh, you have started watching it. I, yeah, I got halfway through episode one. Um, I'm still. I don't know. I want to. I want to choose a time to watch it when I can sit down and actually watch at least like a whole episode or maybe two whole episodes and actually watch it as opposed to just listening to it. Yeah. Well, one game that we have been playing is The Hunt Showdown. That is true. 
That is and true. hindsight is a great thing because we were not happy at a particular moment when Kaiser got attacked by bees through a window. <laughs> In hindsight, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so, for people who don't know, do you want to give them a rundown of this game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is like meant to be one of these hardcore, gritty fighting games where you load into a period during, like, around the Civil War times, I guess, in America. Yeah. I don't know. But it's like, um, yeah, Civil Civil War, or like, just 1800s just, in general. Yeah. And you have period guns. I don't know how accurate they are, but they seem fairly in line. Um, and there's zombies fucking everywhere. Um, zombies fucking everywhere. Not fucking everywhere uh then you so yeah you spawn in with you yourself or um a team of up to three i think mm. and you need to hunt these special zombies and then get the thing that the special zombies drop and then get out alive yeah um in the meantime there are other teams of players hunting the same objective and they can kill you and steal off you so you see someone, you shoot them. Uh, is essentially the yeah. But thing. then, sorry, go on. I was just gonna say you also have to be careful of like loud noises at the same time. Yeah, uh, there's a million things to watch out for, from like ravens that'll fly up in the air and scream loudly. Uh, horse dying horses that will make noise. There's dogs that will make the do fucking zombie dogs. Oh my god, I would just in a game the other day, and I actually had to fight the dogs, I had a incredibly powerful shotgun. And I put four shotgun shells into one dog, and it didn't die. <laughs> and then I punched it with some brass knuckles, and it flopped. <laughs> yeah, melee like, does seem to be extraordinarily powerful in that game. I don't know if they're just... If it's just glitched or broken or some shit, I swear to God, I put so many shells like, like point blank range of this dog, and then like all the other, there's like seven dogs, and I just punched them like once or twice each with the knuckles, and they were dead. And, ugh, it was exhausting. Anyway, so Kaiser and I were playing, and we have some incredibly good and bad luck in this game because we keep finding the boss like instantly. Like we'll spawn next to the room with the boss in it. Whereas normally yeah. you're meant to find three clues and then get to the boss. Yeah, the clues will give you like better and better triangulation of where the boss is located on the map until, yeah, when you get the third one, it's just like, it's here. But of course, we don't know really much about the boss at this the bosses at this point, so we're just running around blindly getting absolutely massacred by this thing. Anyway, um, there was one time where we found the boss and we've been really stealthy up to that point. Well, actually, no, I was being stealthy. I was getting quite frustrated with Kaiser about his lack of stealthiness, I think. But <laughs> there we go. Um, we got to this boss. We're fighting it. We killed it. No, before we killed it, there was actually, we heard noise in the house. Mm. I went upstairs to where Kaiser was. I was like, oh, hey, Kaiser. Wait, you don't have a name above your head. Bam! Yeah, there was an enemy in there. And I fucked that guy up. And then I shot another guy and Kaiser finished him off. I knifed him. Yeah, which is weird because players are generally better than us, especially when we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> but we just annihilate them. Um, anyway, I got down by the boss, and the boss drops like barbed wire. Everywhere. 
really fucking annoying. You can barely move through it, and it does so much damage. And so I went down in this barbed wire. Kaiser killed the boss. I cheesed the boss specifically. I stood just outside the doorway and kept poking my head in, baiting it in, yeah. shooting it, leaving, going in. I was like, are you able, does the boss like regenerate? Nope. Nope. I was you able. You just stand outside the door and shoot the fuck from outside and vulnerable. Like, why the fuck? Yep. What? It's a lot How less scary you when you realize it's. to stop that. <laughs> it's a lot less scary when you realize it's AI is shit. Anyway, so I was at the top of the stairs in this pile of barbed wire and Kaiser was trying to get to me and just dying repeatedly, trying to get close to me to get me up. Yeah. And eventually it just faded, even though we tried shooting it, we tried punching it, all sorts, it didn't work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then the barbed wire finally fades, Kaiser gets close to me, he's about to get me up, and then a zombie with a beehive for a face steps in through the second floor window. And shoots me Kaiser. with a... Shoots and me with he a just goes blind. And I'm covered, I'm, it's all toxic. And then, to top all of this off, I get outside the building, away from the bees. All I have to do is hit a button to stop the bleeding, and yeah, then I can heal myself. And my controller dies. Yeah. And my the battery on my controller dies in that moment, and I die and we lose. And I'll scream you, well, let's just use the keyboard! <laughs> oh, um, God, it just, and it didn't work. But no, and then we just died. Uh, even though we defeated the boss and an enemy team. Yeah. And so the boss is just there now. <laughs> we were much more successful in the second round, where we again stumbled randomly into where the boss was located um, after getting one clue and killed the boss because it's AI buggered up. Like, we, I was on the stairs and Blue was on the bottom floor, and the boss couldn't figure out which one of us to shoot because we were both shooting him. And so oh, he just kind of he just kind of wiggled back and forth. And then yeah. we did eventually kill him. Um, Wait, was that the one where, and then we tried to steal our bounty? Yes. Oh, okay. So we did finally down him, and you know, I'm covering one door, Blue's covering another. The enemy walks in right behind Blue, doesn't see him, sees me. I didn't and start, see him either. <laughs> Sees me and starts shooting at me with a bow and arrow. So I'm exchanging fire with that guy. And I'm like, Blue, he's in the room. So Blue turns around. And this is hilarious from my perspective. I just see Blue come around the doorway. And as this guy's t trying to take aim on me, he just gets knifed in the back. Did I knife? You did some. I, I couldn't really see from so, my perspective. You might have knifed him. Might have. I very quickly worked out. When I, when I first played the game, this was without Kaiser. I was kind of testing it. And I loaded into the game. Was walking around with a, a melee weapon out. And a guy came out of a door with akimbo revolvers and just blew my head off. Hmm. So from that point on, I never use melee, really, when it comes to players. So I just came around the corner, two feet away, with a repeater, just bam, 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 <laughs> like four <laughs> shots into his back. Because <laughs> you can click very fast with the repeater. Um, and then that, I think that was like our third game, and yeah. we ended up winning that one because we, we killed the boss. That, that player died, and the partner never showed up. And then we got the bounty uh, from the boss and then mm. made our way all the way to the extraction point. And it's only like a 20 second wait once you're there. Or maybe it's 30 yeah, seconds. 30 seconds, I think. And no one else showed up. I would like you. No, had I went to, AFK. You had to <laughs> AFK. And so I was like on edge. I had my like the rifle out. I'm like, they're going to come like over the hills or something. Like what's going on? No one showed up. We just won the game. Bam. It, there is sometimes more than one boss on a map. So it could be that everyone else is fighting over a different boss. True. Yeah. And uh, we just yeah, happen to... Yeah, this is fucking creepy. The monsters in that game. Yeah, this is not a, a game for, like, the, the people who don't really... Who get disturbed by gore. 
Um, yeah, especially because, not if you're playing solo. Oh god, yeah, they're they're creepy and they're typically very gross, like the, yeah, like body horror kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, where, where you got like bones and bits sticking out. It's not not very pleasant to look at. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that kind of artistic style or game design when style. When it's co-op, it's kind of. But but when it's co-op, it you, it's one of those things that you know. It, Anything can be fun with friends. Yeah. Like, friends can have fun just like, you know, I don't know, throwing a pine cone at each other. Like, it did, you can, you can find, find fun in anything. Like, in fact, a lot we of shitty. We called off for doing that, by the way. Wait, really? <laughs> at school, yeah. They're like, that's too violent. Stop throwing pine cones at each other. It's like, it's not rocks. It's too violent. Jeez. Anyway, yeah, so you go. <laughs> I'm thinking of the stuff that happened on the playground when I was a kid. I got booted in the chest off of like a two, not two story, like a meter tall. Like there was this weird thing out in the playground. And it was Spartan kick you. Yeah. It, it, well, yeah. But that movie wasn't out yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Was, this was when I was. I was get Spartan kick before it was called. <laughs> <laughs> before I knew what it was called. And like, you know, that that we didn't really get told off about it. It was just like. Teacher's like, hey, are you okay? It's like, oh, yeah, that was it. I don't know. Yeah. Kids need to roughhouse a little bit when they're younger, I think. Yeah, I'd say so. It's, it's, someone, it's not a quote or anything, but I kind of see it as a bit of a quote. Someone was like, everyone needs to get punched in the face at least once. Hmm. Just to know what it's like to get punched in the face. There's a, um, in the TV, seeing as this is media, I have a media thing to talk about. Um, related to that quote, uh, in the last episode of Firefly, the last episode, because it only went on for one season and it got canceled before that whole season even aired. But the very mm. last episode, it's an episode I really like. This like bounty hunter gets into the ship and he ties some people up and the guy's clearly like a sociopath. Um, and he ends up like getting the, the doctor on the ship to kind of lead him around because he's trying to get him and his sister because there's a bounty on their heads. And... Um, and the doctor's like trying to, you know, make him feel guilty for what he's doing and, you know, get him to like leave him and his sister alone. And he he cuts the doctor off midway through his diatribe and goes, you have been shot. And he's like, what? And and he's like, no. And he's like, you ought to be shot. It's like, well, cut on, stabbed. It's like, you know, know what it feels like to know what kind of pain you're dealing with when you're operating on somebody. Something like that. And it's like, it's that I like that, that character in that episode because he's like, um, he's very clearly like a psycho, but he's a psycho that's kind of amusing to watch just to, mm. to see how his brain works. Cause he's, he has a few quotes like that, that he usually, every time he says one of those things, he usually follows it up with like, does that seem fair to you? And it's just like, it, it's suddenly everyone agrees with him. <laughs> And it, but it, what you just said there kind of reminded me of that that quote. But I do uh, I do agree that like it I think it's valuable for everyone to have experienced some sort of like either physical confrontation or some sort of like physical pain in their life. Because if you never have, then I don't know. I don't think it's healthy. Nah. But within moderation, like. Obviously, oh, yeah, not giving, like, a brain aneurysm or something. Yeah, or, like, having your head caved in with a pipe. But, mm, yeah. like, um, 
I don't know. I've never. Yeah, I've never needs to get beaten to death at some point. <laughs> I've never uh, broken a bone, but I have actually broken my nose before. Which yeah. it's not actually a bone. Um, I was. It was third grade. I was like running to my front door, and I tripped over the step and smashed my face into the door. Yikes! Yeah. Yeah. Bit unpleasant. Hmm. Yeah. Fun. 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 Uh, what else? What else we've been doing? Uh, Legion. Oh yeah. I've been playing. Tons of that. Yeah, t- uh, for this, it, it's sort of like a. It's not really tower defense. No, it's not. Because tower I defense. Think the first one was a tower defense game. Yeah, this this one is more like. Uh, there's a there's a, a genre, and I can't think of what it's called. Auto chess. Yeah, well, sort of, but not really, because auto chess you're playing against another player. Like directly against another player, like. And this one, we're not. This you one, are. no, you're not. You're playing against minions that come out in waves. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Like you're, you're, you're directly against their defense. They're, you're playing yeah. against their attack. Yeah. So the way this game works is you have lanes, and in your lane, you're you're buying units, and you have to balance buying units um, or buying things that will allow you to get more uh, income, and that income is then used to buy things that increase the amount of money that you yeah. get each round. You, you can divide it into offense and defense. Yeah, but you and you gain you have to do the offense to gain the income to allow you to buy the defense. It's all interconnected, so you're balancing yeah, all these different loop. you're balancing all these different purchases while also at the same time trying to send things to your opponent that will get that will go through their defense and hit their boss. Um, it's a fun little game and it's not it requires very little input from you. Yeah, yeah, there's there's really I nothing. Agree. I agree. <laughs> Every round, you you maybe click five or six times, and then you just watch what happens. Yeah. Um, the real strategy of the game comes from trying to figure out what to purchase and when, and mm. balancing that against what your opponent is purchasing, and when you think they're going to, like, knowing that they're about to do a big offensive push, so you start to, okay, I need to invest in defense, or... They've been a little lax investing in defense. Time to give a big offensive push to them. Yeah, especially knowing what waves are coming, like what kind of enemies automatically come with the offense. Mm. So how can I pair up my guys to to maximize the damage? Yeah, and then then there's the level of you know different defensive units are better against certain waves than others, and so having a good balance of damage can be useful. And... Yeah, and good BS in the chat. Uh, <laughs> it is quite a yeah. fun game I don't normally <sighs> go for those types of games but I've been having a lot of fun with it too mm, especially because it's very uh, got a very effective co-op mode uh, mm. it's kind of it, it, you neither gain nor lose anything from having an extra person there mm. it's purely you gain more from the experience of having a friend there. You don't miss out, I think, for not having an extra friend. Yeah, and what? but I think it also benefits to have somebody with you that has a complementary style. Like, we we both build very differently. If you Because it, it shows you kind of how you typically play the game. And I I've tend actually to... got very good at, uh, at working to my teammates, um, working, working to what they're doing. Mm. That's something that I'm actually, like, progressing myself a bit when i'm playing now which makes sense because you've been playing it a lot you know on your own going in with other people yeah. um 
my my oh, play my. style is very very investment heavy and very conservative when I'm playing it. The worst thing. So you can right click on waves to tell your teammate when you want to send, which is mm -hmm. to make a big offensive push. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I'll prep for that wave, and then I send out units for that wave and I look over my teammate and they haven't done shit for that wave and that annoys the shit out of me oh <laughs> they ain't paying attention like it's not even what I'm like because I'll quite often click okay I think this is a good time to attack and if they <coughs> sorry don't say anything I assume they've just they're on board mm. um but or they're if just they, not paying they, attention yeah, and it, or if they right-click on a different wave, I'm like, okay, we'll save up for that wave instead. That's fine. It's all about... Uh, it's better to have one... Be, be all going on one wave and just agreeing with whatever shit that they want, even if it might not be as good a wave. It's so much better to do that than split our army in half and do it on two different waves. And I feel like that gives me advantage over most players online because there is a surrender button in this game and people like... Sh fucking hitting that shit like it's giving them candy. Um, yep. Yep. So I feel like just just being able to play out a game, there have been so many games, and I do get a bit sassy about this, when my teammates hit surrender on wave 4, and then we win the game in wave 15, where I literally go, great, that was a good game. Maybe don't hit surrender next time. <laughs> Like, at the end. Like, it's sassy as fuck, and I should, probably shouldn't do it, but, like, come on. This Surrender is, buttons are not there for Wave 4. This is something that I... Well, this was one of my biggest complaints playing League of Legends for the longest time. Because you're playing on a team of five, and you can surrender at 20 minutes, but there are plenty of games where I've been losing at 20 minutes, and then by the time the game ends, it goes for, like, 50 minutes, and we win. Mm. Because that you have a late game team so you're you, you could potentially come back they've actually um it surrendering has become such a problem they've added in bounties to the game meaning that like there was always bounties like if somebody was on a killing spree you could kill them and then get money for it um but they added in bounties where if your team is behind and you get map objectives you get extra bonuses too to try and help you make a comeback um yeah. but one thing I disagreed with was I already thought the surrender button was way too early in that game, but they've actually, they, then they moved it back even further. So it was at 15 minutes, but it had to be unanimous where it was only, you know, three out of five had to say yes. If it was after that, um, I don't know. I, I have been playing a little bit of league of legends off and on again, but not ranked playing like just normal mode. Mm. Um, and I, I I'm seeing play less of league than I play of hots and I don't play that too much anymore anyway. Well, I, I took probably most of a year off playing league because it was just it was making me it was getting under my skin so badly playing that game that I just wasn't having fun with it anymore. Yeah. Starcraft uh, is the my still my go to competitive game because in 1v1, if everything's fucked up, it's no one's fault but yours. You blame yourself. Yep. And hopefully Rather than just get angry about it, you can just learn something. It'd be better next time. What? I've never gotten salty in StarCraft. Like, even if I, I lose badly, it's just like GG. Yeah. Um, I mean, there'll be more like if I get cannon rushed, you know, I'll be like, oh, fuck you. But it's not like I'm not actually <laughs> angry. It's just like, how did I not see that shit? Well, I'm mad at yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, but yeah. 
Mm. Anyway. Yeah, I know. We're, we're just kind of waffling talking about games at this point. And it's time to get on to our third segment where I will be taking my first attempt at doing that achievement uh, game that Blue thought up. Mm. Where I'll be giving him real versus fake achievements and he'll have to figure out which is which. So Don't look forward. Prize. You will not get a prize. Oh, I didn't. I didn't get a prize. Why would you get a prize? <laughs> anyway, this is kind of the end of segment two of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again momentarily for segment three. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment three, our wild card segment, and this week. I am making an attempt at uh, being the host for one of the games that Blue has uh, thought up for us, being our master of ceremonies that he is. Um, this is the game where there, I'm going to go through a series of games and achievements from these games, and I will give him one real achievement and one fake achievement, and he's going to have to figure out which is which. Uh, trying to make this quiz, uh, I realized exactly how difficult this was, which made me appreciate the, uh, the ones that you put together, because this was a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess with that, we'll just kind of get into it. I tried to choose only games that you've played, um, and then okay. I also tried to choose games that I have... I didn't want games that I haven't played, just things I've heard of and know a little bit about. Yeah. I, I mostly went for... I went for things that you've played. I, I tried gotcha. not to venture too far outside of that, and then I also... Um, tried to do ones that I was at least aware of so I could make up a convincing fake. Right, um, yeah. So here's here's what we have. Starting right off with something we just talked about. Legion Tower Defense 2. Okay. Uh, Cold Streak. Lose uh, three battles in a row or have three losses in a row. Or Hot Streak. Have three wins in a row. I think there's actually a trophy on there for win 10 ranked matches in a row so i'm inclined to believe that it's the win streak not the lose streak but at the same time it's not the same number so maybe there is a lose streak of three i'm gonna say hot streak you are correct hot streak hot streak is the uh let's uh hold on because i got in-game trophies as well so i've actually looked at them so I am going to note that down one point. So there are only eight of these. Blue has been doing uh, ten for his segments, but uh, as I said earlier, I'm uh, not well as well practiced at this. I also only had an hour to do it. All right. You have plenty of time. It was a Christmas party yesterday. You just left it till the last hour. <laughs> That's also fair. All right. Deep Rock Galactic. Ooh, okay. Yep. Um, elite diver, complete an elite deep an elite deep dive. Deep dive. Yes, or that's real. Mythic miner, complete a thousand missions. First one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it it kind of gives it away <laughs> when you know uh, when you know one of them is real because you remember the achievement. It is. Well, no, I, I, I've actually yeah, I actually got that achievement quite recently. <laughs> oh, that would explain why then. Okay. But if I'm gonna make these, I specifically look for achievements you don't have. I some of these are gonna be easier than others. Um, I believe it will get progressively harder, but we'll see. Okay. Um, so Digimon Cyber Sleuth. 
Ooh. Uh, on the line, answer 20 Digiline quiz questions incorrectly. Incorrectly? Okay, probably not this one. Uh, <laughs> and then Land Baron, get five islands on your Digi farm. Land Baron's real. Okay. Yep, you're right. Maybe I made these too easy. I'm just so good! We'll find out about this. <laughs> Sorry, it's because I'm standing up. Yeah, there. I, sh I should like, point out, yeah, he is he is standing up at his at his desk. More like, energetic. Doing calisthenics, which is very distracting for me. Is that calisthenics? This is just dancing. You were, you were, I don't know, you were flexing a second ago. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. In the game For the King. Ooh, okay. Yep. Uh, penny Saver, have 300 gold, or Split the Party, fight 20 battles with only one character. First one. That is correct. Uh, penny Saver, yep. I was quite proud of the uh, split the party one. Yeah, that was a good one. But I know the achievements are quite well. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Into the Breach. Okay. We have... Well, I've done for you previously. Yep, yep. So we'll see if uh, you remember what you looked at during that. Uh, enemy of my enemy. Kill 100 Vec with other Vec across all games. Or Sustainable Energy. Finish three islands without dropping below four power. Do you start on three power? I think you might start on two or... No, no, you start on... I think you start on... I don't remember how much you start with. I'm not going to lie. But I... Maybe it is... I remember something like that. But I remember saying like the other one as well. This is actually a hard one. Um, so, hang on, read out the second one again. The second one, sustainable energy. Finish yeah. three islands without dropping below four power. And what was the first? Get, kill 100 Vec with other Vec. Yep, kill 100 I Vec. That, that one, the 100 Vec is real. Aha, I finally got you! Ah. That one was fake. There are a lot of <laughs> achievements like that. There's block there enemy are. vec from spawning a hundred times across all games. Oh. Um, there's like... <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I tried to base okay. these off of real achievements and just tweak yeah. them and think up my own name to try and throw you. So, alright. At least you didn't... Oh, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> at least it's not a clean sweep. <laughs> I feel better now. To be fair, you guys clean swept. No, you almost clean swept the um, marriage counseling. Yeah, yeah. There was like one question you each got wrong, I think. No, Raymond got one wrong because he didn't know what a capybara was. There you go. <laughs> that was it. Um, actually, uh, before we move on to the next one, because you've made me think of this, uh, and because at this rate we're going to be done with this quiz in. Under 10 yeah, minutes. sorry, I've kind of blown through. Normally, I add some drama to the thing between just like, "How are you doing at home? What's what you gonna you doing better than Kaiser?" You you being the uh, yeah being the uh, game show host, chatting up the crowd. Yeah, yeah. the guy just like padding out runtime so but, that the adverts come at the right time. <laughs> but I am gonna say this because this is a funny story. Okay. Raymond didn't know what a capybara was, and that's why he got that my favorite animal question wrong. Yeah. Um. But then, like, subsequently, like, a few weeks later, when I was talking with uh, people in the hive, my cousin Jake also didn't know what a capybara was. 
and we had to we had to educate him and show him like you know disappointing the 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 biggest cutest fluffiest chillest hamster known to man mm. they're adorable i i have actually been thinking about reading that um the the poster design you really love the the communist one but with you sat on top of a capybara oh my god that would be amazing like riding a capybara that For... would be for those that don't know, um, my so my icon, and this is actually the icon we use at, at the end of a lot of the YouTube videos. I'll put this up there and just play music over it, and that's where we'll have like the recommended videos for for other other things to watch. Um, for the that that picture dates back to uh, you know Blue doing graphic design, and I was mm. like, oh my god, I, I want you to <laughs> take this photo and make me look like a dictator, and so. It's like me in the, the, you know, the dictator military regalia, like with aviators on, kind of looking into the distance. There's a sunburst in the background with aviators all over the sky. Um, I, I love that picture. It's, it's been my Discord icon forever. <laughs> um, all right. That's enough fluff. Let's get back to the game. Yes. Back to it. Uh, okay. Back from the ad break. <laughs> back from our sponsors, ourselves. In the game, Out of Space... Oh yeah, cranky. Uh, think what about did you the. Played that one? Uh, no, I did. I you and Mass played it a lot more than I did, but I played a few yeah. games with you guys. Oh uh, okay. It was it was like the overcooked thing. Like I enjoyed it for a little bit, but I couldn't get into it nearly as much as you guys did. <laughs> we played it for like a weekend, and then we kind of done everything that could be done. Yeah. Yeah. But the achievements. Yes. Think about the environment. Recycle 250 times or annoying roommates. Uh, throw a cocooned friend out into space five times. I'm pretty sure the recycling one is the right one. Is that your final answer? Uh, I think I remember there's one about like you can feed your roommate into the recycler, I think. To get rid of a cocoon. I don't know if you're able to throw them out in space. So I'm going with... The, based on the smirk that you have barely concealing. I'm sure I'm wrong. But... I'm going to go with the first one being true. You are correct. <laughs> and this was a bit of a like an edge case. I wasn't really sure if this was fair. You can throw a cocooned friend out into space. And there is an achievement for it. But you only have to do it once. Uh, and that is not the name of the achievement. I made up another name for doing it five times. Very cheeky. I was trying to be tricky with that one, but you saw through it. Boom. Well, I said that it wasn't possible, and it turned out it was an achievement. It was. So, I mean, it, it is a real achievement. I got lucky. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. In CSGO, mm, mm. Uh, the achievement Revenge. Kill an enemy with a gun dropped by an ally that they killed. Or, dead shepherd. Kill an enemy carrying a hostage. I don't... What was the first title? Revenge. Oh, I don't remember dead shepherd being a title. Um, revenge is kind of plain enough that it could be. Uh, I feel like there is one for 
I know there are achievements surrounding getting hostages out, but I don't know if there's one about shooting someone carrying a hostage. Um, and I know there's one about, like, you kill an enemy with their own gun. I'm pretty sure there is one. So you could just be cheeky with the achievements again. Um, I'm going to say, though, that revenge is real. Ha-ha! I've got you again! Are you so, just being cheeky with the achievements, though? No, so let me let me give you... I, CSGO, I almost didn't do a question on them, or on that game. Because mm. looking through, almost all of the achievements are like defuse the bomb a hundred times, like get a kill, hundred kills with a particular weapon, yeah, yeah, or something like that. But then yeah. when I looked through, there were a few. There was a few shepherd-based ones. It was good shepherd, yeah, you know, which is getting all the hostages out quickly or something like that. There was yeah. dead shepherd, which is this kill an enemy carrying a hostage. And there's something similar to revenge. It was to kill an enemy with their own gun, which you're right about I'm that. Fucking... You're right about that. Oh, but there's no achievement to kill an enemy with an ally's gun. No. Which is what this was. Um, and the reason I, I... And I was thinking about this, why this wasn't an achievement. And there's there's a logic to this. Why they would not make this one an achievement. Because this incentivizes people to allow an ally to die so they can pick up their gun and shoot the enemy. I bet. Like, uh, there's so many achievements, and the average CSGO player plays for more than, like, 10 minutes. True. I'm just, I am just saying, though, that if, like, somebody was going for achievement hunting, an achievement like this would incentivize you for fucking your teammate over. Not that any CSGO player needs... You can shoot them yourself. Yeah, you would have to be killed by an enemy. Yeah, you'd have to follow them around, I guess, which is kind of annoying, but not the end of the world. Yeah, and then just not save them and then grab their gun. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that was the fake one. You're doing really well so far. We're, we're on the final one, um, which might be a bit of an anticlimax because I don't know this game as well as the others. So it's possible that okay. you'll be able to just see right through this one. Uh, <laughs> but so far, you're doing phenomenally. You've got five right. You could pick one from Payday 2, even though it's my most played game. It has so many fucking achievements that I wouldn't know. <laughs> I, s- I specifically did not choose Payday 2 because there are so okay. many achievements. Okay, yeah. I would run the well. risk. I would have to scroll forever just to make sure I wasn't using one that's actually real. You could do a whole episode of this just on Payday achievements. <laughs> Probably could, yeah. <laughs> All right. So the final one is yes. from Spyro. Ooh, which one? So the Steam version. So all three. Yeah, the one that has all of them in it. Okay. Um, the two achievements are oh. birds of a feather, flame every vulture in Clifftown, or foolish frenzy, charged through three armored fools in a row. Or sorry, five armored fools in a row. This feels like one way you've just changed the numbers around a bit. Uh, I'm pretty sure the feather town is one. Uh, I think that was Spyro 2. I know there was a reason, there was some reason you had to kill, you had to set fire to all the dodos. I'm pretty sure I remember doing this. Because I did go for 100% achievements on that game. And I don't think charging through... Whilst you could charge through armored enemies, which is upsetting me because... I don't know if that's something you would know about. (laughs) Um, that's why I'm assuming you've just cheated one of the other achievements. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, setting fire to all the... Oh, do you have to set fire to them, though? Or can you just kill them all? 
I'm going to say setting fire to the dodos all over the hook there, vultures. You're correct. And you're right. I did uh, I did also kind of just cheese that. So there is <laughs> – but what I did was there's an achievement for doing like uh, – like they, they go in scale. So it's like um, do this once, do this three times, do this. There was no charge through five armored enemies. There was charge through three. And it was called something. It was it was called uh, something fool or something like that. So I right. I made I made up a tier. So you said three by accident and then switched. That was the five. real achievement. That was the real yeah. achievement. So I yeah I just I made up a tier above that level and then <laughs> it sounds like it's a trick question. That boat's real. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's real. Um, that's why I said it might be. It, I didn't know how well you knew the achievements or how well if that even made sense in the game. Like I didn't know if it was even possible to charge through five enemies some reason i specifically remember that particular part and that's not even i'm a massive spyro 3 fan mm. i never really played spyro 1 or 2 but when i was going through because i was trying to do all the achievements for them and i was like i remember this yeah whereas spyro 1 is the game that i played and i never played either of the other two but yeah so that's all of them your final score is six to two six out of eight boom I'm glad that the, the the ones that stumped you are the ones I'm I was particularly proud of the um, the into the breach one and the uh, what was the other one oh and the CS:GO one those were the two that you got wrong yeah oh. even if you were particularly cheesy about the fucking achievements that you made hey I, I had to make them believe there was no talking horse that plays Gwent with you in this. <laughs> I wanted that well, I one. I didn't to be even real. know that was a talking horse. There was a talking horse. I wanted that one to be real. <laughs> you see, the thing is, a lot of the games that I chose, I didn't have enough working knowledge of the game to actually create the CS:GO one. I, the end of the the, one, the reason the end of the breach one was so good is because I've played that game so much to know what feasibly could be an achievement, and it would make sense in context of the game. Yeah. Um, but the other ones, I mean, the Digimon Cyber Sleuth one, I guess I did kind of give it away. They wouldn't give you an achievement for answering things wrong. It'd really be for answering them right. Well, there's definitely one for answering them right, isn't there? There is. There is yeah. one for, I think it's <clears throat> like answer 10 questions right or something like that. Or yeah. There's responding to every text message or respond to 30 text messages and then you can, you uh, can do it's stuff. Like, it's such a boring part of the game. <laughs> I remember I, getting it. I actually... I'm way too like obsessive about that sort of thing, so I answered every single message. Mm, I did as well, but I hated it. <laughs> like, if there's a note, that little red circle that you get on phones with a number in it that says number of notifications, I hate seeing that thing. And if it's in my game, I'm gonna fucking click through whatever it is I need to click through to get rid of it. <laughs> I can't remember what app it was on my phone. But for the longest time, there was some some application that I could not clear the notification for it. Like it would always, it, it wasn't this. I've phone. given up on my phone because my phone, the, the phone apps, are the fucking worst. Like Reddit always has exactly two notifications, and like the next day they're going to be back, but it, it caps at two, and it's the most annoying thing. Yeah, but like, this is something that annoys me at work. Actually, we're 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 we're. we're 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 done with the quiz. We're just filling up, you know, the uh, the last little bit here. Um, but oh, actually, you know what? Hold up. 
since we have 10 minutes left, rather than going hmm. into just random stories, uh, this might be a good time to do a couple uh, channel announcements. Um, because something that we've talked about, and we're still considering this, so it may or may not come to fruition, but we're talking about condensing the podcast down to basically just segment one and three, being topics and being uh, our wild card where we play games or just talk about whatever we feel like, and then moving segment two into its own thing and actually going a little bit more in depth. Like when we actually do watch a movie or finish watching a show or something like that, maybe taking the time to be a little bit more organized and actually go through our thoughts in more detail and have it be a bonus video for the YouTube channel, but then uh, actual separate bonus podcast that will go out onto the audio formats. Mm. And it will be something, yeah, something that's more infrequent, basically, whenever we've had the time to actually watch a whole movie or go through a whole game organize our thought our our whole series or something like that organize our thoughts and actually talk about it in detail yeah break things down review them <clears throat> um quite often we are wanting to talk more about a particular thing we're pressed for time so we just kind of but this probably won't have a time limit on it like it could yeah. they could be short they could be long it'll be however long it takes us to say something meaningful and give our own complete thoughts about the topic or about the movie, about the, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, this will have two benefits of like in our thinking one, the podcast will stay a manageable length with just segment one and three. It'll be between an hour and an hour and a half. And then on top of that, the media segment, which we do, I, I mean, I, I really enjoy talking about, um, you know, the shows and movies and stuff that we watch on movie night. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it will also mean that we won't be like have like a, a one off random segment where we're kind of filling talking about just random stuff that we've done like we did today. Um, we'll only be putting those out when we've actually watched something or actually finished something and have something to say about it. Yeah. So, so yeah, something to cool think about. That. Yeah. <laughs> I um, who knows when that'll actually happen for the time being. The format is staying as is, but. It might change. Yeah. Things for 2022. Yeah. We've been thinking about Twitch bits. Um, Or, I don't know, getting more people on maybe. Uh, Yeah, because the the trial run having Raymond on for a guest segment worked really well. That was Um, a lot of fun. Yep. And then doing condensing the podcast down to just the two segments, we'll have topics to talk about, just things that happen during the week, things that we're interested in, things that are on our mind, and then we'll go immediately to, you know, the unique segment for that podcast, be it an interview, be it a, a game of some variety. Um, yeah, should be interesting. Any channel plans that we had? I mean, I'm planning on doing a bit more work on it in the given year. Um, yeah, coming into 2022. I mean, uh, the one thing that I have been working on in the background and still plan to finish is doing an actual in-depth uh, review of Final Fantasy X. Yep. Uh, something that I had planned to do for a while. I had an idea for a series. and I, the, the, the name I wanted to give the series was uh, Nostalgia Addict. Um, because yeah, it's a bit too close to... Uh... <laughs> To what? Nostalgia Critic? Uh, well, I, I did a search and made sure that there was nothing that used that name. 
Okay. And Nostalgia Critic is an actual channel. I'm talking about a, a, just right. a segment. Mm. Um, but the reason I was going to choose, and there was a very specific reason I was going to use that, is because um, I am a chronic like replayer, rewatcher, rereader. Like, I think there's a book that I, I ha- always have on my phone in the Kindle app, and I've probably read. It's a, supposed to be a three book series, and the author has dragged his feet for like ten years putting out the third book. And I've probably reread the first two books at least a dozen times. And then same thing's true. Like there's some TV shows that for a while I was just I would watch them, and then like you know a few months later I'd start watching them again, just over and over again. Um, yeah. I do the same thing with games. Like I've probably beat the first two Kotor games like a million times. Same yeah, and it'd be nice to do like maybe I don't know, I've been thinking about doing like compilation, a compilation video for for the last year, maybe or something. But uh, oh, yeah. pull down some of our funniest moments. Yeah, I'll need the video files for a start, which well, my I, PC is a nightmare. I back up all of the video files in their raw format, like before, hmm. uh, like the format they get uploaded in. I don't delete anything, which is why I have like. 50 terabytes of storage sitting behind my monitor yeah um like a best bits going so if you if you need finish the finished video file for anything on the channel just let me know so mm. the, these are ideas you know it's it's a new year we're in 2022 um we've got ideas we realize that at least in some parts of 2021 especially over the holidays we've kind of stagnated a little bit but we're back fresh ideas yep. looking forward to the future Oh, yeah. I don't really think there's any any reason. We're we're a little short on this segment. We went over on the other two. I think we can end it here. Uh, any final thoughts before we close out the podcast, Blue? It will be take everything we say with a pinch of salt. Uh, but you know, keep an eye on us in the coming year. Well, hopefully, we'll have some better stuff than last year. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, it's one thing to have ideas, it's another thing to execute them. And mm. so, keep an eye to see if we actually do. Anyway, this is going to be the end of... Se- uh, oh, God, I screwed that sentence up. This is going to be the end of episode 75 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again next week. I'm a good